Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about how long it takes to get traffic to your site, going through some real examples for timelines. And these are, I think in every case, yes, that is correct. It is someone that I have interviewed on the show. So I'm going to go through specific case studies. Sometimes uh, these are people that built their sites from scratch using a brand new domain. Sometimes it's using a an age domain. So maybe that particular site has a lot of backlinks that were existing beforehand. And they actually, in both cases, they picked up the site from a company called Otis, O-D-Y-S, and they got an age domain and they were able to get traffic a little bit more quickly. The other thing that's in play here is these examples are both with ad-based sites where only display ads are used to earn money, and then a couple of them have affiliate revenue as well. They also, those affiliate revenue sites, they, they earn money from ads as well, but there's a little distinction there. So a couple quick sort of generalizations before we get into some of the the details. Number one, if you're using an age domain, typically you're going to be able to get traffic a little bit faster and your site's going to grow a little bit more quickly with the same amount of content, generally the same amount of effort, and you're just going to rank more quickly. This does mean that it needs to be in the same niche, right? So you can't grab an age domain in some random thing. Let's say it's a a website about soccer, something like that, football for international listeners. And then you're going to build some site about YouTube videos, right? It it makes no sense. There's no, there's no direct connection. So it, it needs to be a niche that is related if you're using an aged or expired domain. The other thing, which is very apparent, is if you are monetizing just with display ads and you're publishing informational content, there's a strong chance you'll get traffic more quickly and you'll rank more quickly for the terms that you're trying to rank for. However, you will earn less per visitor. And Maybe that sounds obvious to some people out there. When I say it out loud, I'm like, of course, yeah. Uh, The ads are not going to pay as much as if you had, you know, targeted people ready to buy a product just because of the economics of running ads and selling products and companies that sell physical products are usually able to uh, basically pay a higher commission. So if you have affiliate offers on your site, there's a good chance you're going to earn more money with less traffic or more money per visitor. So they kind of, you know, they're opposing forces in some ways, which is totally fine. And like I said, in the cases where, you know, people have affiliate revenue, they're also publishing informational content, not just review content. And they're also able to earn money from display ads. So it's kind of a a great mix and a way to earn money from all of the content that you're publishing. 
So I will get into the specific examples. And as I mentioned before, these are all people that I've interviewed. So I'll point you back to the shows where I've interviewed them. In some cases, there's a lot more material on the the person's website. And I'll point you in that direction also, because if they've they're publishing, they're publishing information on their case studies. They usually, well, they work pretty hard on it and they give you a lot of details, including details that I won't even go into like the full depth, but sometimes they talk about exactly how much content is published, like how many words are on the overall site, the average length of the content, how much they paid for the content, any other link building activities and stuff like that, that they've been doing. And sort of a full picture, all the context about the website. So I'll point you in the direction so you could check out the the latest information. No matter when you're listening to this episode, you could potentially go back and get, you know, up to the date or up to date information on those case studies. Before we get into it, I'm going to roll an ad from our sponsor. Thanks to Ezoic for sponsoring this episode, especially their new product, Leap. Leap provides everything from optimization features to diagnostics so that websites can pass core web vitals. It was built for publishers, and in fact, it's free to people that monetize with Ezoic. And it allows visitors to load pages instantly using Ezoic Cloud to serve new core web vital friendly ads using lightning fast server side Ezoic edge technology. And basically, Ezoic helps your site load faster and get those green core web vitals. You can also simplify speeding up your site and cut the cost so you can optimize everything from code to content using the features designed to eliminate the need for costly third-party technology and plugins. And basically what happens, and this happened to me, you try to add more and more plugins to optimize to maybe minimize your CSS or minimize your JavaScript or something like that. And you end up with several different plugins and technologies, but basically you can just use Leap. And generally, and this is the stats that Ezo excites, the average site is able to remove 3.5 optimization features, technologies, or plugins, saving them $250 per year when they're using Leap for free. So thanks a lot to Ezoic and be sure to check out Leap. Like I said, we're going to go over five sites. So the first site is one that I've sort of talked about in passing. This is a site that I started in mid-2020. So it was like summertime, let's call it mid-July. So mid-July 2020, I started this site. It was technically not a brand new domain. There was a site built on it a few years back, but it only had a couple pieces of content on there. There really wasn't much. It never got much traffic. I think it was like an e-commerce type site that someone had up for a couple years. It maybe had 20 pieces of content that were indexed and or viewable on the web archive over at the Wayback Machine. So technically, it was in existence before, but generally there were no backlinks going to it. There was no authority 
on that site. So in all sort of uh, evaluations, one would say it's a brand new domain. So even though there was something there before, it never got traffic, never ranked, never got any backlinks. So I picked up the domain because it was brandable and started publishing content on it. And I think at this point, I have probably like 150 posts. I can't quite remember, but in that ballpark, we'll, we'll say 150 to 200 posts. That's how detached I am and don't know how much content is on there. So we'll, we'll call it 150 to 200 posts or so. I started publishing content right away. I think I launched the site with probably like 25 pieces of content within the first couple of weeks and continuously published content every single week for several months, I would say all the way we'll say like eight months. So I'm going to be fairly general on this because I don't have um, all the the sort of publishing schedule right in front of me, but that's generally what we're, we're looking at. The backlink plan was fairly aggressive. I definitely believe in, you know, go ahead and start building links right away. And I've justified this in a couple ways. So let's say I start a new podcast like I have, And let's say I have a lot of friends because I've worked in the industry and I'm starting this new podcast with a friend of mine who also has worked in his own industry. And we are going to our friends and telling them, hey, we started this new thing. We'd love it if you promoted it, if you linked to it, if you shared on social media and basically act like we're marketing our product, which we are. So it's fairly normal to have a new, a brand new website, getting links and being promoted because if someone is trying to build something and they're launching it, they will do things like I just mentioned. So I immediately um, hired the services of niche website builders, which if you've listened to the show for a while, you heard me mention, hey, I have a shotgun skyscraper campaign going on with niche website builders and they're publishing content for me and so on and so forth. So this site has had a lot of work done on it and just sort of continually, you know, pushing. The interesting thing is I used keyword golden ratio terms for, we'll call it, you know, 50 to 65, 70% of the initial keywords. And I was thinking, oh, there will be a little traffic, but sometimes a niche is a little more competitive than you might expect. So this site did start getting traffic pretty quickly, like in the first couple months or so. And the weird part, the thing that sort of made me wonder if I misinterpreted the niche or some of the keywords is probably for like four months, there was just a small amount of traffic. We'll say, you know, 15, 20 visitors per day for some of those early days. And then, you know, it crept up to, you know, 50, just kind of slow those first few months, which is not unheard of, right? So if you've been following me or other people, sometimes the first six months is what's really kind of uh, quiet. It's quiet on your website. You're not ranking for too many things. And a lot of times you're just getting a little traffic from long tail keywords. 
So as I was going through, I realized, oh, you know what? Maybe this is a lot more competitive than I expected. And it was. It was a lot more competitive than I expected. Now, fast forward, it started getting a little more traffic in, say, month eight or nine. Not a ton, but just a little bit more. And I could tell that some of the keywords were ranking a little bit higher. So as time went on, it just kept growing, but very slowly. And I was thinking, well, you know, when you hit that six month mark, a lot of times you're going to see a little more growth. You're going to get a little more traffic, especially if you're putting in the amount of effort that I was, which was, you know, publishing at least 20,000 words per month on an ongoing basis and getting a lot of backlinks. I think once niche website builders finished the campaign, there were something like 80 to 90 or 100 backlinks pointing to the skyscraper pieces of content. And the domain rating from Ahrefs, you know, it started at zero essentially. And I think at this point in time, it's about 52, something like that. 50, it's around 50. So, I mean, it moved up quite a bit. And the punchline to this whole thing is once we hit a year, that's when the traffic really took off. And it's starting to, you know, rank for a lot more terms at this point in time. And, you know, I didn't mention this before, but I was intending for a lot of the content to be affiliate reviews, which a good deal of the content that I published initially was affiliate reviews. As time went on, I realized the site was ranking more for informational content. And as a person who is, well, I'm stubborn in some ways, in other ways, I'm very flexible and I will pivot if needed, especially when it's sort of a business decision. I try to remove some of the emotional things, which I mean, I'm not perfect at doing that, but when I looked at this, I thought, well, there's a lot more informational content out there. So I'm just going to lean into that and publish more and more informational content because it's doing well. So like you've heard me mention in, in the past and other episodes, I found some specific topics that were ranking really well. And then I found more topics that were related and or adjacent to that topic area. So started publishing more and more of that because Google is already recognized the site as an authority in that topic area. So I'm leaning into it. And the other portion, I'm not monetizing other than Amazon affiliate right now, because I'm just sort of holding off until I hit, you know, some higher traffic threshold. So like I mentioned, traffic is taking off and it's growing, you know, quite a bit each month. And I think the last time I looked, it was getting, say, 35,000 visitors per month and, you know, a handful more of a page view. So, you know, many of the visitors are looking at more than one page, which is great. So from a page view perspective, it's doing pretty well also. And I don't know what specific threshold of traffic I'm going to wait for or page views I'm going to wait for before um, getting Ezoic involved and, you know, monetizing. But I'm in the you know nice position where I don't have to earn money from this site yet. And the 
Well, I, I don't know that you know putting ads on it would slow down the growth in any way at all, but it's honestly, uh, I'm going to have to set it up and spend uh, you know a little time getting everything configured. It won't take too long. It, it won't even take half a day, but it's one of those things where it's easy for me to to just put it off. So it's a window into, you know, some of the lazy habits I do have. And well, it's a, it's just a situation of inertia. I'll put it that way. The other thing is I am earning money in the affiliate area. Uh, not a huge amount. I don't think it's earned uh, over a hundred dollars per month, but you know, there's a few, a few posts that do okay. And those do sell products. And I think uh, for the last few months here, it's been maybe like 50 bucks a month or so from Amazon. So, you know, nothing crazy, but, you know, it's nice to have those posts, you know, now ranking after a pretty long time. I mean, it's, it's kind of tough, you know, continuing to work through the dip. Like I said, whenever you start a new site, you're a little bit excited you don't know if it's going to work, even if you've launched many, many other sites in the past. We can look at you know some of the evidence and see where the trend is going, but we don't actually know if it's going to work. And I'm, I'm okay to adjust a little bit along the way. So that's data point one. Basically, the niche was a little more competitive than I expected. It took essentially a year of pretty consistent effort before traction really caught on and and traffic was showing up. And now we have a really nice growth trajectory and I will be, you know, monetizing it a little more heavily in the future uh, sometime soon. And I will probably give you all an update on that. Okay. So that's site number one. The next site is from Shauna Newman. So she has tracked this on her website, Skip Blast, extremely well. So she's done monthly updates and I took a look at the one year, um, what would we call that? The one year update. So she built this site on an age domain that she picked up from Otis. I believe she's calling this Project TARDIS, if I remember right. And her approach here is different than what she normally does. So check back in some of the episodes, but typically Shauna, she likes to grow sites from scratch. She uh, likes to build them from scratch and typically is monetizing with affiliate programs. And she'll keep them for some amount of time, usually about a year or two, and then she'll sell them typically with Empire Flippers, friends of the show. And the price point is often over six figures. So she has a nice, a nice business model where she can launch sites. She has several that she's earning money from in her portfolio. And then sometime in the future, she may look at a specific site and think, oh, I'm going to sell that one or I'm going to sell these. And then she'll keep building more sites. And she has several in her portfolio. As I mentioned, you could check out her blog post, all the updates and see how it tracks over time. She does give great information about the RPM, the revenue per thousand visitors. And I think at the time that uh, the one-year update came out, it was $20.49 per thousand visitors. It currently gets about 39,000 sessions per month. 
she had uh, 42, no, sorry, 462,000 words. And over the last six months, the site has averaged about $500 per month. She did mention that if it was a pure affiliate site or a site uh, sort of in the typical model that she builds, it would probably be earning two to $3,000 per month versus the 500 that it's currently earning. So the valuation is, you know, pretty, pretty far off, right? Um, and, and she points out that, wow, it sure was a lot of effort to get to $500 a month. And, you know, if we use some general uh, sort of conservative valuations, the site currently is probably worth about $17,500. And if this was one of her typical sites monetized primarily with affiliate reviews, it'd probably be worth about $100,000. So this was an experiment for her. And I think she's probably going to be adding um, some affiliate offers to the website just to boost up the earnings a little bit. But as I mentioned before, it was an experiment and she was kind of running through the project just to see how it would work. In one of the previous interviews that I did with Shauna talking about this specific site, she said the traffic grew a little bit faster than what she typically would expect, which is kind of cool. But unfortunately, the trade-off is it didn't earn as much money per visitor. So that was site number two. The other site I'll mention to sort of uh, skip around for different business models is Christy. So Christy has been on the show many, many times. She is the person trying to double her revenue. Now she started her site in the fall of 2018. So this site's a little bit older, but she took a very sort of slow, methodical approach as outlined in multi-profit site. So she is a student of mine and she used the framework from the course. The site was brand new. The domain was brand new when she bought it and she was honestly very green. She didn't know anything about affiliate marketing, although she did have a writing background and is a strong uh, sort of branding expert and marketing expert in general, but she didn't know anything about SEO or affiliate marketing. So I think it took her about, uh, I think it was like four to six weeks to earn her first like $10 or something. So that was pretty quick. And I will tell you that her niche, we don't reveal it, but it's fairly obscure. And I didn't even know it would work because I didn't know anything about the size of the market or, well, I don't, I don't even know anyone in the market. So the point is she was able to get some traffic fairly quickly and she was able to earn fairly quickly. Now, she didn't hit her first $100 a month until four months in, and I think it took her eight months before she hit $1,000. As of the fall slash winter time of 2021, she is earning about $6,000 per month. And I, th I believe over the last, say, seven months, eight months or so, she is averaging something like 6300 per month. She had a high of 7300 back in June. It's a bit of a seasonal niche. So that kind of 
goes down at the end of the summertime and then it'll often pick up around the holidays because, well, everyone buys stuff during the retail season. So it did take her a little while to get her earnings up to that point, but it has generally been sort of a steady growth, occasional plateaus uh, followed by a little more growth. She's been very lucky to avoid any you know, major algorithm updates. The other part is some of those algorithm updates could have been hidden by the fact that her site sort of consistently has been growing for the last couple of years. The other thing that Christy does is she has uh, ads. I, I think she's using Mediavine and then she is also earning from Amazon Affiliate. And the revenue is roughly 50-50 for both of those. Now, she has a couple other smaller affiliate revenue streams. She is trying to sell some of her own ebooks. Uh, she calls them digital guides, but they're just little ebooks. And she's earning a little bit from those, but not a substantial amount. I think it's probably less than uh, you know 5% or so. So pretty nominal in those areas. So I'm just rounding up and saying she's earning 50% from ads and 50% from Amazon. So it took a couple uh, months to get rolling, and then she's been able to earn you know a lot of money over time. And she actually went over lifetime earnings of over $100,000 for the site. And I believe she's invested a decent amount. I think it was about 32000 total over the course of a few years. So she's put in a lot of money. Of course, 30K is nothing to sneeze at, but it's been spread out over multiple years. So it's not like you have to cough up 30K right away. Well, and that said, she's put in a lot of time. Now, in contrast, we'll talk about Ron Stefanski over at the One Hour Professor. And we recently chatted about a site that is probably worth about $175,000. Again, this is an informational-only site. There's no products that he's reviewing. There's no affiliate offers at all. There's no affiliate offers like available for him to even sell. So it's all informational. And he was actually on the show very recently on episode 297. So you can check that out if you haven't listened to it. In this particular site, there's just a lot of information. I think there are a handful of blog blog posts that are um, sort of targeting a keyword in this a little bit longer form. And I think there's about 150 of those sort of blog posts. And the other content is, uh, well, it's kind of enormous in the number. I think he said there's about 1,600 posts in that informational area. And those are more, uh, I think I'm going to use the word directory to describe it, but it's not necessarily a directory. It's just like information. And he gave a great example on the interview where he said, I imagine it's like, you know, health clubs or fitness clubs or gyms around the nation. There's probably tens of thousands of them. And you could put up directories sort of in a local uh, situation. So if if I said Jim near me and I Googled that on my phone, I might end up on his site because he has references to some of the, the local gyms around me. So you could kind of imagine it like that. 
Ron's earning, I believe, about $5,000 per month. And again, we'll sort of contrast this with Christy's site. So Christy started her site just a few months, maybe five months ahead of Ron. So Ron started his in April of 2019. So Christy, you know, she had she had a few months under her belt before Ron got started. And Christy's actually earning more with, you know, far less content. Now, one thing that Ron did do is outsource nearly everything. So Ron did the initial keyword research, and then he's just hired writers to do the rest. And I think he said he only has about half the content that he wants to have in the future. So there's a strong chance that he'll continue publishing at a pretty insane pace and increase the earnings. But again, this is another great example of you know, informational only versus a site that can earn from multiple sources, which, you know, that's the punchline of the multi-profit site is try to earn from different sources. It's great if you could identify a niche where you can have some physical product affiliate offers. It's great if you can have some digital product affiliate offers, and that could be software, it could be courses, it usually falls into those two areas. And then just about any kind of content can have display ads. So as long as people are looking for it and eyes are landing on your website, you can probably figure out a way to put some display ads on there. So final site that I'll mention here is from Kyle. So Kyle Claver is someone I interviewed a couple times. He has some cool projects going on and his particular site was built on an age domain. And again, he picked it up from Otis and he was able to hit $2,200 per month in about eight months or so. And I, I forgot to mention that Ron built on a fresh domain. It was not an age domain. So Kyle was able to publish content, get some backlinks, and he's sort of a skilled SEO. He has a marketing agency, and he was able to utilize those skills to publish content, hire writers, and get backlinks to a site in addition to the existing backlinks from the age domain that he picked up. So it's it's kind of interesting, you know, as I mentioned, we're looking at informational, we're looking at affiliate, we're looking at building on new domains versus age domains and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, everything comes at a cost, right? There's perhaps some shortcuts along the way, right? Like the even better shortcut is to buy an existing site that has a little traction. Maybe it's a year or two old and Maybe the owner is just trying to thin the number of projects they're working on and they want to they want to sell it. And if you could pick that up, you have existing content. It hasn't expired. You're getting traffic. Maybe there's some existing earnings. So it's sort of proving the business model. Like I said, it doesn't come free. There's a cost to that. And you have to pay for uh, basically the value of a site that's earning money, which typically that's going to be, you know, two to three years of profit 
ahead of time. So, you know, most of the time we talk about it as the monthly multiple and the value for these websites is really high right now. Um, one interesting thing is you look at the different markets out there and I'm in a, I'm in an interesting spot. I have a lot of friends who are, they are so into real estate and I just, I, I don't care much about real estate. I have very low interest in investing in that area. And then you have the stock market investors, which, you know, I'm not like a day trader or anything like that, but I like to invest in index funds. And those seem to do pretty well over time. And in the real estate market and the index fund area and the stock market in general, they're very valuable. The The increase in the value in the last uh, year or so has been tremendous in both areas. So, People are sometimes looking at the stock market or real estate and thinking, well, I have money to invest, but I'm scared to invest in those markets because they have grown so much and things that we could buy for 20% less last year are now so much more expensive. And I'm a little scared that I'm buying during a sort of feeding frenzy and I'm overpaying for whatever product it is. So these investors are hoarding money and they're thinking, where, where can I buy? Where, like I'm okay with investing in sort of a newer market or a riskier market or maybe things that I don't quite understand. And they're investing in websites in these digital, you know, pieces of real estate and the values are, are going up because there's a lot more money in play and we're seeing more, uh, sort of, uh, what do you call it? Just management companies? No, not management companies. We're seeing these uh, specific, I'll, I'll think of it later. We're, we're seeing these uh, investment companies as basically private equity firms. That's what it's called. Private equity firms. I know everyone was yelling at their, their phones at me there. The private equity firms are able to invest in these websites and sort of pull it together. They don't have to like get it right 100% right every time. They just have to have a few that are returning more than expected and they could potentially do okay. So the value of these websites is fairly high. So if you were able to, to grow sites like like we were talking about Shauna before, she gets them to a certain point and then she'll sell them. And then she can get all of that revenue two to three years of profit up front, and then she could use that to invest or pull money off the table or do, you know, go on vacations, whatever Shauna wants to do. So if you have a specific example, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. Would love to hear about yours. I get feedback all the time that the, the shows you want to hear are sort of case studies or, or people from the audience that are um, sort of in progress. They're in their journey, uh, building sites. Maybe they've just recreated things that we talk about. Maybe they've come up with a, a specific, you know, cool way that they're doing keyword research or that they're approaching content or something like that. So if you think you have a good story, shoot me an email. would love to hear about it. Not everyone's a perfect match for the show, but sometimes, um, you know, there's a little segment that I could share um, that happened very recently with, um, you know, some, some topic and I'll, I'll, 
tie it into some episode in the future, but it didn't sound like it was going to be a great match for a full episode, but I thought it'd be pretty good for like a mailbag episode. So anyway, have a great day out there and we'll catch you in the next episode.